Wait, Harry paid how much for a cup of coffee? Hey, brother. Boy, oh freaking boy, you guys. There could be absolutely no doubt whatsoever that there is generally no consistency when it comes to how much things cost within the wizarding world. Like for example, Harry's one of a kind, infamous Holly wand that is the sole brother to none other than Voldemort's own wand costs a mere seven galleons. Meanwhile, later in the story inside of Hagrid's hut, we learn from Slughorn that a single unicorn hair is worth 10 galleons, which either means it's extremely unfortunate if a unicorn core wand chooses you. The wand chooses the wizard, Mr. Potter. Or Ollivander is somehow actually decreasing the value of the associated elements required to create a magical wand and almost by definition must be subsidized by the government somehow. That or he is some kind of a nonprofit, a very, very nonprofit. And this feels even more true when you know the proposed exchange rate between wizarding currency and muggle money. The figures that I've seen do vary, but they range from about five to seven muggle dollars per one wizarding gold galleon, which roughly speaking on the high end means that Harry's wand, which he can use, you know, for the rest of his life, netted Ollivander approximately 35 to $49. And if we attempt to use Harry's fellow first year Gryffindors as any example for extrapolation, we know that there are five total, Harry himself, Ron, Neville, Seamus, and Dean. Surprisingly, there are only actually three Gryffindor girls that are specifically mentioned by name in Harry's year, and that is of course Hermione, Parvati, and Lavender Brown. For real simplicity's sake and the benefit of the doubt, let's go ahead and just assume that there are two more unnamed Gryffindor girls in Harry's year. That would mean 10 new students per house per year, which means that Ollivander has approximately 40 new students entering the wizarding world. That's 40 prospective buyers for a wand. We do know that there are certain instances like with Ron or Neville, for example, where they have inherited their wand from a family member. However, in both of those instances, both Ron and Neville eventually go on to get a wand of their own. Either way though, let's say that a wand costs approximately $50 and there are 40 new prospective buyers per year, which means that on an annual basis, Ollivander is absolutely raking in about $2,000. And I know what you're thinking, like surely other people break their wands. Other people may need to buy a new wand for some reason or another. So again, benefit of the doubt, we'll double it, $4,000 a year. For a full-time career, that is low based on literally any standard you'd like to use. Terrible. And even beyond that though, Ollivander is renowned for his wand making. Some would say that he is the best in the world at what he does. And even beyond that, wands are arguably the single most important magical artifact that any witch or wizard could come to own. So for today, I wanted to try an experiment and see if we couldn't get a better perspective of wealth within the wizarding world. In order to do this, what I wanna do is focus on the specific value of the galleon itself, which is supposedly made from gold. Goblin gold at that, which I expect is remarkably refined and either way is a very valuable commodity out here in the real world. So without any further ado, today we'll discuss what is the real value of wizarding gold. Okay, how much is a gold galleon actually worth? 
where to begin. Now, of course, whenever magic is involved, we can't make too many assumptions, but at some point we'll need to make some decisions so we can start narrowing in on what this could be. Now, one thing about galleons in particular is that it doesn't just seem like they vary in terms of what they are capable of purchasing, but they also seem to vary in terms of description and what size they actually are. Like at times, for example, Harry is just simply walking around with a pocket full of galleons just jangling about. At another, Mr. Roberts, the gentle lad who is working the campground, welcoming people to the Quidditch World Cup, says the following. I had two try and pay me with great gold coins the size of hubcaps 10 minutes ago. Now, in case you're unfamiliar with the concept of hubcaps, they cover the wheels of cars. That is absurdly large, and there's no way in the world Harry could fit even one inside of his pocket, let alone have enough to be jangling about. Unless, of course, he has, you know, an undetectable extension charm in his pockets or something, but something tells me he doesn't. Also, though, on that note, and a brief aside, my daughter Addison has absolutely no basis whatsoever for what can fit inside of pockets either. She will regularly hand me a large stuffed animal and say, pocket, pocket. She says pocket with a British accent. I don't know where it came from. She's a witch. But also, she's not quite two years old, let alone, you know, an entire wizarding financial institution. So I'm just going to assume that they took into what I'm going to refer to as reasonable size when they decided how to mint their currency. Therefore, I'm going to assume that wizarding currency falls much more into the realm of standard British currency size, which is not a real thing, to my knowledge. If it is, I just got lucky. So with that in mind, we are going to assume that a galleon has the same size and dimensions as a standard British pound. Except instead of nickel-plated alloy, thank you Wikipedia, it's made entirely of gold. So the first thing that we need to do is find the volume of a British pound. So back to Wikipedia. Over here, we can find that a British pound has a diameter of approximately 23 millimeters and a thickness of 2.5 millimeters. And because I'm bad at math, we're going to drop those digits into a volume calculator and we will ultimately get 1.17 centimeters cubed. By the way, can I just tell you, it took me an unreasonable amount of time to come to the conclusion that coins are technically cylinders. From there, we need to find just how much gold this would be in terms of weight. So once again, off to Google. Okay, I'm back because I never really left because this is scripted. Either way though, what I learned was that a cubic centimeter of gold weighs 19.3 grams. And we have 1.17 of those. So 19.3 times 1.17 will give us 22.581 grams of gold. Gold is heavy. But with that information, we can head back to Google once again, where we can find a gold gram calculator where we will enter our new value and learn that 22.581 grams of gold are worth, drum roll please, $1,393.34. For clarity, that is significantly higher than the originally proposed five to seven dollars. However, it does provide some very interesting new perspective on just how much things cost within the wizarding world. And spoiler alert, it is a lot more valuable. Whoa. The idea here is that if a galleon is in fact made of pure gold and you are a muggle attempting to purchase a single galleon from Gringotts Bank and the fine goblins there know that their gold is just as pure as it is anywhere else in the world, then they're absolutely not going to sell it to you for anything less than what it is worth, meaning it would cost you nearly $1,400 
to purchase a single galleon. Pretty steep, right? Well, with that in mind, let's take a look at Ollivander's apparently absolutely for-profit wand-creating company. Again, we know that Harry pays a meager seven galleons for his holly wand. With our new metric in mind in US currency, that would mean seven galleons times $1,393.34. Meaning what Harry actually paid for his wand is an almost mind-boggling $9,753. $3.38. Holy freaking butts. But it's also worth noting that a wand is a witch or wizard's number one most important artifact, and they do not wear out with time. If anything, they actually grow in relationship between the witch or wizard and the wand itself. In order to exist inside of this world, they are effectively priceless, making $9,700 a steal, if you ask me. And with this in mind, we can also now determine whether or not Ollivander could realistically make a living with his wand constructing business. This is, of course, assuming he can somehow get his wand making materials, his core materials, for less than 10 galleons a pop. Which, if he's only ever actually really doing most of his business for, you know, the last week of August before students go off to school in September, then maybe he can just spend the rest of the year out hunting unicorn hairs. I don't know. But again, we'll use our numbers from earlier. We know that Ollivander seems to be the only employee of the shop that he otherwise owns. And again, we know that he can sell roughly 40 wands per year to those new prospective students heading off to Hogwarts for the first time. So 40 wands at seven galleons a piece is 280 galleons or $390,135.20. Again, I find this to be both mind boggling and somehow somewhat reasonable at the same time. And not because I look at $400,000 and not see that as a massive sum of money because it absolutely is. But think of it like a vehicle. The average new car costs way more than $10,000 and it absolutely does not run better the longer that you in particular have driven it. If anything, it's actively getting worse every time you get behind the wheel. That is of course with one known exception, my own personal high school vehicle, a 1996 Zuzu Trooper, which I named Sue. We went to the moon and back together. It was amazing. Oh, hey guys. Don't mind me, just playing with my amazing new 3D Harry Potter puzzles from our friends over at 4D Build. Guys, if you like puzzles, which I personally do, and Harry Potter, which I definitely do, then you absolutely need to check out one of these new collectible puzzle kits. These guys are incredibly fun and challenging, and they look amazing on your shelf. And every kit comes with everything that you need to complete one of these 3D puzzles. There are the cardboard puzzle sheets, instructions, and a punch tool, and the instructions are extremely clear and and easy to follow. Each piece has a number and a colored dot to make sure you connect them in the right places. Which not to brag, I feel like I totally did. I mean, look at these guys, works of art. These smaller guys here take about two to three hours each to complete. And the big guy here can be up to six to seven hours. So it's like a perfect rainy day activity. And also pro tip, just listen to like one of the Harry Potter audiobooks while you're building. Great way to get like fully immersed. Honestly, what I super love about these things though, is that I didn't expect them to be as sturdy as they actually are once they're finished. Like they're very solid to be made from cardboard and all the lines like fit together just so seamlessly. Like they've clearly been incredibly meticulous in how they've gone about designing these things. So I feel like if you are a Harry Potter super fan, you will absolutely appreciate them. The other really great thing about them though, is that they're really affordable. Like these guys are just like, you know, $15 a piece while some of the larger sets can go up to $60 for an incredibly intricate version, like the Hogwarts castle. Plus if you're a fan of this channel, it's not just Harry Potter stuff that they cover. They've also 
got puzzles from Star Wars and Marvel as well. So you can like really just like complete your bookshelf aesthetic with these new puzzle kits from every fandom. These are all currently available at Target and Amazon. I will leave links to both of those in the description down below. Again, I really can't recommend it enough. They're just so much fun. They look so cool in person as well. Highly recommend you check it out. Again, links in the description. And now back to the video. But as long as we are talking about transportation, let's take a quick look at the firebolt that Sirius Black gifts to his godson, Harry. All we see inside of the books is that the price for a firebolt is simply available upon request. However, for some reason, the Harry Potter wiki lists it as available for 300 galleons. And because this is all just simply for fun, let's just go ahead and assume that that number is correct. With that in mind, we're about to find out just how generous of a gift from Sirius this actually was. At 300 galleons times $1,393.34 is $418,000 plus an additional two. Holy heckin' heck. That's so much. He does say that like this is 13 years worth of gifts all inside of one, which on average would mean that he would approximately spend per year on Harry's birthday about 32 grand. I've got to get me a godfather. Woo! Either way though, that is a lot. But the big question is, is it too much? And somehow, I don't quite think so. For clarity, I'm not here to say like, bahaha, my dear boy, enjoy this yacht. Happy Christmas. What I am here to say, however, is that the very next year, we know that Harry attends the Quidditch World Cup. It is the most important game in the most popular wizarding sport. It is the magical Super Bowl, if you will. And in front of that sold out crowd of witches and wizards from all over the world, the two teams of Ireland and Bulgaria, all of the players are riding firebolts. And within the realm of professional sports, especially professional sports that somehow involve a vehicle, I have absolutely no issue whatsoever believing that at the pinnacle of the sport, the vehicle itself might cost that much money. And so again, we shall return to Google, where we will type in, how much does a NASCAR car cost? And the answer is between $200,000 and $600,000. And Indy cars are the same. Formula One cars have millions after their numbers. Wow. So the better question is really, should Harry have even been allowed to use this absolutely overpowered broomstick in high school athletics? To which I would say, probably not. The question for today is, is that priced within reason? And I feel like it kind of is. Alternatively, as long as we're talking about Quidditch and specifically the World Cup, as you may recall, we discover a handy game day trinket in the form of Omnioculars a tool that I feel like had way more applications than simply watching Quidditch matches, but whatever. They are though a rather astounding piece of magic that is somehow combining the abilities of a binocular with like real time playback, pause, slow motion, and active readouts of what configuration the Quidditch players are actively using. And these bad boys cost 10 galleons per pair. Classic event price gouging, am I right? But even more so when you consider the otherwise monetary value of a galleon. 10 times $1,393.34 will bring you to $13,933.40. And Harry buys 
three of them. This guy is dropping nearly $40,000 at a Quidditch match on a whim. Like, no wonder he's not buying Ron a Christmas gift that year. Sirius has set some very unrealistic standards is all I'm trying to say. But also like, what a friend, you know? I mean, that's incredibly generous, but to be fair, they are really powerful magical creations. As far as I know, it's the only other magical creation that we are aware of that has what appears to be like time-based magic other than the time turners themselves. Just a classic object to be hawking casually at an event, you know? Speaking of unique magic though, we also know that apparition lessons in their sixth year cost 12 galleons, you know, or roughly 16,720 US dollars. Pricey, yes, but also not a terrible price for quite literally the ability to teleport. But who says you even need the lessons? Like just figure it out yourself, save yourself the money, buy your friend a Christmas gift. Other examples may include Merope Gaunt selling Slytherin's locket to Borgen and Burks for a mere 10 galleons. Normally this one comes across as a complete ripoff, but at approximately $13,000, it's a bit more palatable. Granted, of course, that object in particular was, you know, priceless, so there's still that, but. Heck, get this though, even Dobby's salary of just four galleons a month is pretty amazing. That one's gonna translate to $5,573.36 a month or nearly $67,000 per year. Plus, I'm pretty sure he gets a whole day off per month. Can't beat those benefits. Honestly, it's a good thing Dobby talked Dumbledore down on that price though. Otherwise he would have been making closer to $170,000 a year. Wait. All I'm hearing is that Dumbledore was prepared to pay approximately 50 to 60 different house elves $170,000 a year to work at the school. How much money is this school making? It's free to go there as long as you can pay for the wand. I'm not saying these house elves don't deserve it. I just am not sure where Dumbledore feels like he's got it in the budget. But here's the breadwinner of the lot, in my personal opinion. When Harry goes on his famous date with Cho at Madame Puttypit's tea shop, they get two coffees and Harry leaves a generous tip. He drops a galleon on the table. That's $1,400 for two coffees plus a tip. Quite a flex if you ask me. Listen, Harry, you can't buy love. Let this be a listen to you, kids. On that note though, you may not be aware of the fact that Jay and I do have our own coffee brand over at Carlin Brothers Mercantile, where we have a brand new blend called Liquid Luck. We can't necessarily guarantee that if you drink it, you will be insured luck along the way, but it is a darn good cup of coffee. Link to that in the description down below. But there you go, guys. If galleons were translated into muggle money on the basis and value of gold itself, it kind of changes a little bit of everything a lot. Be sure to let me know what you think is the wildest conversion in the comments down below. Otherwise, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like to find out how Hagrid is like quietly, absolutely wealthy, you can check out this video right over here. But otherwise, guys, until next time, bye.